Welcome to this episode of Main Street Today, where we will dance. Learn how Main Street Award winner Shauna Smart Hopkins kept her dance studio open in Hendersonville and how anyone in the world can dance their way to happiness. Warm your heart with a Habitat for Humanity story and our correspondent, Hope Altieri, with Hope is on the Way. Check in with our new Titan Insider, Terry McCormick, and get a sneak peek of Jeannie Seeley's new CD, An American Classic. I'm Devin O'Day. Shauna Smart Hopkins, a dancer from Hendersonville, Tennessee, has revolutionized how people can enjoy taking a dance class. She took her successful studio, a Main Street award-winning studio, and took it to the masses through virtual lessons. Find out how that worked, but first, let's find out how dance first started for Shauna. When did you start dance yourself? I started dance the first time when I was four years old. We lived here in Hendersonville. The cutest little young dance teacher named Tina with the high heel, silver, glitter, sparkly top shoes. <laughs> I think from that moment on, I wanted to be a dancer because I was like, I want to wear those shoes one day. Not long after that, we moved to Nashville. And between that time, my mom had two more kiddos. I had two baby sisters and they were only 16 months apart. So from the time that I was four till they were about four and five, I did not dance. And then when they wanted to dance, my mom, she always wanted to dance, but financially, you know, her parents were never in that situation. They had four kids and it wasn't happening for her. So she wanted to make sure that, that if that's what we wanted, we could do that. So I started back again in fifth grade at Jody School of Performing Arts with Jody Corley's like a legend here. Most people at one time or another took from her or had someone very close to them take from her. When I tell you that I knew that's what I wanted to do the second that I entered a classroom, like I knew I was going to take over her studio one day at that moment. You know, I went to college. I got a degree in dance and theater. I did a lot of professional work along the way. I knew in my heart that I was meant to be a teacher. And that's still where I get my biggest joy is in the classroom. If you go to Smart Steps, and that's smart with two T's, smartsteps.com, there are dance camps and classes and all sorts of different things. And you've got a huge roster of teachers. Yes, I'm so lucky to have my dream team. And, you know, some of the most talented in the business. We've had to get a little creative lately. And, you know, with, with everything that's going on in the world. But we've been lucky enough when we were forced to shut our doors we were able to really rely on Zoom. And you would have told me a year ago that I would have gone completely virtual for two months and be able to hold on to most of my kids. I would have told you you were crazy. But it's just such a blessing that we've been able to do that. We're able to have our recital, a big outside event with social distancing. And we've been following all the protocols and providing a safe environment. We welcome outside people, you know, at other studios as well. It's become a, a really nice thing that we do, not only for people that are wanting to audition for our dance competition teams. That's where you come if you want to be considered to audition for our you know, upcoming year competitive teams. But we also let the community in, let other people in in our studios that don't have an interest in competing. And it's just a week long of jam-packed teachers from all over the country and all different genres and just a whole lot of fun a whole bunch of kids that are getting to dance together that 
would never have the opportunity otherwise. People say, when do you ever slow down? Well, we really don't. You know, we jump right out of recital and competition season into our summer program, and then we start back in the fall. You've got jazz and hip-hop and contemporary African jazz, yoga. Most dance studios are aimed just at little girls, but you have little boys that are participating as well, and young men. I am so thankful that this community has embraced that a boy can play sports. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, your, you know, the usual baseball, football, basketball, that. I think it's so exciting that this community has embraced that. And I'm so thankful for all these daddies that just get it. One of my hip-hop teachers that has been with me for 17 years, his name is Jordan Tate. And I have him to thank for that because he grew up, his mom owned a studio, he played all the sports. He became a hip-hop dancer and a hip-hop instructor. He just made it look cool. So once Jordan started at my studio, the boys started trickling in. I just had three boys, that all three of them grew up in this community. Most people know them. They played all kinds of sports. They were on my competition team. They started dancing with me when they were eight. I kept them for 10 years. So they just had their last recital with me. And I also have them to thank because there is nothing more cool than a guy that can dance. And my little one, I even snuck him in. It's funny, my husband, when we had our first boy, and we, I have two boys, with my first one, he was like, nah, I think we'll try sports first. And once he gets to a certain age, you know, he can decide if he wants to, to dance. And of course, by then he was so into sports, he didn't. So when I had my second one, he thought I was taking my little one to work with me every day. And one day I, I slipped up and I needed somebody to, to bring him to the studio. I said, can you bring Kellen to his dance class? He said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Did you say dance class? I said, yeah, why did you think he was coming to work with me on every Wednesday? He said, when were you going to tell me when, when you saw him on stage at your recital? I said, well, yeah, <laughs> because by then you would have loved it. You would have seen how, how great he was and how much passion he had for it. And he's, he's eight and he's been with me three years now. So, My mother enrolled me when I was four or five years old. The reason that she did is because I couldn't walk across the room without tripping. And and, yeah. and dance cured it. It starts with the grace. It really does teach that. And then, you know, with the grace comes confidence and just dedication. And, you know, I was in a very strict theater and dance program in college, and I never missed my dance classes. My students, they have some of the best time management as teenagers I've ever seen in my life. So many of them are on dance teams at, at their school as well, 4.0 some of the smartest kids you'll ever meet. And I don't know how in the world they juggle it all, but I, I do think the dance has a lot to do with it. I think it teaches time management. One of my seniors, J.D. Jordan, that just graduated from Hendersonville High School, he was phenomenal on the football field as well as in the hip-hop classroom. You know, they go hand in hand. Shauna, I will tell you that I've teared up at least three times in this interview because I think about what you're doing for these kids. They have something to participate in, something to train for. They have a focus. And it's so fun. I mean, even people that don't even know they're going to enjoy it walk away going, oh, my goodness, that was the most fun thing ever. I also think it's a great place to keep kids out of trouble. My mom always said when some of your other friends were out doing other things, you were in the dance studio training. And that's what my kids do now. I mean, they live up there with me. I'm, their parents definitely say, I help raise them. I'm their second mama, and it's their second home. 
And in the days where so much has been taken away from children, not having any kind of interaction and being stuck at home and having all that energy, virtual classes are so good. Are we going to be able to go back? We were able to move back in. We started phasing in three weeks before our recital. I'm lucky to have two really large studios. So instead of socially distancing six feet, we could social distance at least 12 feet. And we had the floors marked. And I've got three smaller studios, and we just did not use them at all. We we were able, of course, with school being out, to, to revamp our schedule. So we were only using the two big studios, having time between classes where we could clean thoroughly. I mean, I look back, and it's still a miracle because so many of those dances were choreographed and taught over Zoom. For some reason, Zoom didn't like all that rhythm with all the different tattoos and, and the music and everything. So I talked the whole band without music and we just did the rhythm. And for some reason, there was a delay. It looked like even the best dancer in the class was eight counts behind me and everything. And I just kept saying, okay, there's no way she's eight counts behind me. She don't miss a beat with me. She's right beside me. So I just trusted the process. The very first week, I said, let's see the first four eight counts. And I videoed it, thank goodness. But I videoed it because I thought it would be something that we would look back on because I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> Do you know that they literally were pitch perfect, did not miss one single tap down. Wow. Because the first class that I taught over Zoom and tap, that was the only time I got upset. I went to my car and I cried because I was like, the studio has always been my happy place. And no one else is here. I'm going to go into the classroom and teach my Zoom classes and I'm going to feel normal. And the kids aren't in here with me, but they're going to see the background of the studio and feel normal. It was unbelievable. Every little tiny detail that I taught them over a computer. Kids have to have some sort of normalcy and something that can bring them joy. You can get to a dark place so quickly when everything's been taken away from you. And I just, the last thing I wanted was that people across the country were messaging me going, okay, what's your secret? I need to know. And Honestly, I think it's just teaching kids to roll with the punches. They feed off so much on our attitude that we give to them. Even if I totally was a little unsure myself, I never let them know that. I went to every Zoom class. Everybody was all smiles. I mean, I had so many parents going, thank you so much. This is the only time I'm seeing my child smile all week. It made my heart smile, but ache at the same time, because I know how hard this was for so many kids and so many families. This is a worldwide podcast, which it opens up for Zoom. If there are a lot of kids who are not blessed to live in in our area that don't have a place to go and study and go and learn. And Shauna, just the option to do a Zoom. There are a lot of grown-ups who think, oh, we can't do this virtually. Meanwhile, kids, you know that dance works on virtual because TikTok wouldn't be a thing. Amen, you know? sister. TikTok has, <laughs> it has taken over the universe. And it's been good for me as well as advertisement. I never thought I'd say that, but they're like, okay, we didn't realize we like to move this much. Maybe we would like to get into a hip-hop class and further our TikTok moves. So it's been great. And a lot of people in my line of where I would love to teach anyone in a different country, in a different state. You know, I I came up with a whole curriculum, a whole different way of teaching that literally came from me having to do Zoom. And all you need, some kids were using a stepladder in their garage. Some people were holding on to the back of a couch or a countertop or a chair. And it is so strength 
and core and flexibility based. My mind was blown when my kids came back. I said, I can't believe that you guys came back this much stronger, not being able to be in a classroom with me. And it's been proven to work. And I will say since then, I've been on a waiting list for my private lesson for, you know, months now, which is such a blessing. And and do you take adult students? Of, of course. My personal email for the studio is smartstepper at gmail.com. S-M-A-R-T-T-S-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-E-P-T-
the new baby is also a boy. They have um, traveled here all the way from South Sudan, Egypt, India, because they wanted the American dream. They wanted to come here, start their lives, become American citizens, and now the last piece to that puzzle is owning their own home. But you know, they've had a lot of challenges. Their second daughter was diagnosed with leukemia, which then their father, Gok, he decided to stop working so that he can take care of her. And their youngest son has also been diagnosed with autism. I also have a son with autism, so my heart really reaches them and it's a struggle. They have really faced a lot of uncertainty. Their mom works at the Tyson plant. She was one of them that had gotten the COVID virus and especially while pregnant, I couldn't imagine the undue stress that all of that had caused. So we're just excited to build them a family because they deserve it. They've worked so hard. They've already worked all their sweat equity hours. And family has to earn 400 sweat equity hours. The dad volunteered in our restore. The kids get sweat equity hours for their grades. So when they get good grades, every A is two hours and every B is one hour. So they all chip in in order to make this dream a reality. You can still continue to give and we want to we want to surpass this goal. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I'm going to claim that that you have way over 50,000 views and everybody gives. Yes. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be such a blessing because every dollar that you donate here in Sumner County stays in Sumner County. So all the donations are just going to continue to build on top of each other to build the next house. Sumner County's Habitat for Humanity has a very easy website and it is habitatsumnercounty.org. Go to our website and click on the donate button. It's super simple. And it will all go to help this wonderful family. And we will also do updates so that after this family moves in, perhaps we'll let another podcast be, you get to meet the Duke family. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I love that idea. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks for what you do for Habitat. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for volunteering your time and supporting us. Text GIVE or DONATE to 615 615- 502-4683 with the amount you'd like to give. Let's visit with a recipient of all that good. Carol Sue has a beautiful story. You helped build your own home. Yes, I sure did. I think the biggest and best is when we were first building the whole back wall, the frame. I was pounding in a nail and everyone else was done. And I said, well, here, here, you do it. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. You're doing fine. It seemed like it took me forever to get that nail in. But then we propped up the whole back wall. It was just an incredible feeling. Uh, yeah, it still makes me want to cry. I, oh. <laughs> when it came time to contact someone, you were in a place in your life where you and your children needed a home. How was the initial reach out to Habitat for Humanity or did they find you? How did that work? Well, we had applied at other organizations, but they claimed we made too much money. We were living in a trailer where you could see the ground underneath because there was a hole and the landlord wouldn't fix it. And uh, friends of ours said, well, you should sign up for Habitat. So we filled out the application and they said, well, now you're you're pretty far down on the list. It's going to be a while before they contact you. Within two weeks... They had contact us because the the lot that they had, no one wanted it. And I, I said, yeah, we'll take it. They said, well, don't you want to see it first? I said, no, we'll take it. And it just went from there. When you walked in with the keys to a new house with your kids, explain that feeling. 
at first I was I, I was up on the porch, but I was afraid to go in the door because it might not really be there. But but it was. It was there and it was just we stood in the door. We had stepped in the house, but we stood there just just looking. Because it was just before Christmas and the habitat had even given us some Christmas decorations. They had already been, you know, put up. But it was just an incredible feeling. It just I'm a writer, but the words just won't. I can't, I don't know how to describe it. Let's talk about the day that you paid off that mortgage. Because a lot of people think Habitat homes are free, but you pay an affordable mortgage. You still have a responsibility. It's not a giveaway. So explain the feeling the day that you knew you made the last payment. Actually, I live at the bottom of two hills, and I was coming down one hill. And I've done that probably thousands and thousands of times. But this time, the house looked different. It, it, it felt different because now it was mine. You can still give. And after Carol Sue's story, don't you want to? Hey, Nashville. It's Hope Altieri with Main Street Media. Excited to announce an update on our Hope is on the Way partnership with Habitat for Humanity of Sumner County. That's right. Last week, we helped them raise the roof during their special virtual event. And we're thrilled to announce that we're only a few thousand dollars away from reaching our $50,000 goal for this special project family. So, did you miss the virtual event that aired last week? No problem. Simply visit Habitat for Humanity of Sumner County's Facebook page or any of Main Street Media's publications Facebook pages, including Main Street Today, and tune in to see how you can help. There's lots of ways you can donate. Log on to their website at www.habitatsumnercounty.org or text the words GIVE or DONATE to 615-502-4683. So come on, Nashville, let's make this 15-year dream of having a home for this family become a reality. And don't forget, if you're a nonprofit organization or charity that's needing a little hope to come your way, please contact us at Main Street Media. We would love to partner with you and help get your message out there to make your event a success. Jeannie Seeley, an American classic, the perfect name for her incredible new CD, It's got highlights from people like Steve Warner, Ray Stevens. One of my favorite cuts on the album, the finale, is a song called Peaceful Waters. I just love it. The first woman to wear a miniskirt on the stage of the Opry. One of the first ever female hosts at the Grand Ole Opry. And a trailblazer from day one. Let's start with the classic that got things started and the story behind her country music nickname. Who was the person who gave you the nickname Miss Country Soul? I don't know who it was, but Ed Hamilton was the national promotion man from Monument Records. I credit Ed for his efforts, total work ethics, working on this record night and day uh, for bringing that record home for me because, you know, Wilma Burgess covered me and she was coming off the top 10 hat. She was on a major label of DECA. Your hand is like a torch Each time you touch me And I was on the independent label of Monument and it was my first release. So it was a tough fight. Your hand is like a torch 
Each time you touch me The look in your eyes Ed was in Louisiana working the radio stations and played it. And as he left the station, this disc jockey played the record again and then back announced it saying that was the blue eyed soul of Miss Country Soul, Janie Seeley. And Ed called me and he said, I like that. Is that okay with you? Can we give you that title? And I said, sure, I would agree to anything. Just, I had a record on the radio, are you kidding me? So anyway, that's where it came from and that's where it stuck. No, don't touch me if you don't love me, sweet That was such a great record for me in 73 and the folks at Curb wanted to bring that back as a memory to add into, along with Don't Touch Me, to remind people who I was, I guess, and uh, to include those and bring it up to today. And I'm so proud of this album and I'm so grateful to Don Cusick for having the idea to do the project. And I'm so thankful to Mike Curb for picking it up. When he said, I would like to do an album project with you because your uh, path has been so unusual. And I said, my path has been that unusual. He said, oh, absolutely. The journey you've taken is, to, is amazing. Dallas Wayne wrote this song. Dallas recorded it several years ago, and I love the song and his records. In fact, I had to just listen to his record enough to learn the song and then not hear it all because I loved his recording so much. And of course, I wanted mine to be different in my way. There's not a dry eye in the We used to call a home. But I'm so thrilled that Willie did the song with me. It's just, <laughs> I don't even know how to say it, Devin. It, he's so busy, he's done so much, and everybody wants Willie Nelson, so I feel so blessed to have him. And what I think of you. That's when I lose control There's not a dry eye in the house Since you've been gone And of course, uh, Rhonda Vincent came in and sang harmony with me on a shuffle that I wrote Called them all through crying over you. Don't think that I don't love you. 
The duet with Waylon Payne, we did uh, Old Flames, Can't Hold a Candle to You. And his dad was Jody Payne, who played guitar for Willie Nelson. And when I was opening for Willie on all the fair dates, back in that era, Jody recorded an album and he asked me to record that with him as a duet on his album. So I'd sung it many times with him. Waylon knew that, and Waylon was on the Opry, and he asked me if I would sing that on the Opry with him. Downtown tonight, I saw an old friend, someone who I used to take comfort from. So I did, and as I listened to the playback later, I thought, you know, that's kind of unique. And of course, his mother was Sammy Smith, who was a friend of mine. Help me make it through so I thought that's a unique talking point. So I invited Waylon to come in and record that song with me. So that brings a different generation in, too. Also, Lori Morgan sang a rockin' sassy song. Imagine that, calling Morgan to sing a sassy song with me. It's a song Tim Atwood wrote called That's How I Roll. I got some rock and roll music down in my country soul. And you may not understand me, but there's one thing you should know. That's who I am, that's what I do, and that's how I roll. At the end, when we finished it, as the music was playing out, she said, I'm just here to please the queen. And I said, oh, please leave that on the record. So we did. We just had fun with that. I'm just here to please the queen. And of course, my friend Bill Anderson. Bill and I did When Two Worlds Collide, which is one of my favorite songs. When we do the country family reunion road shows together, Bill and I would always sing that song on the live concerts. Your world was so different from mine, don't you see? We just couldn't be close, though we tried. 
And another song that's different is um, So Far So Good. It's an up-tempo western swing. Darling, since we met, I don't regret one single step we've made. We're taking it slow and we both know that's the way I've had in my back pocket for about eight years. Written by Pen Pennington and Mitch Ballard. And I'm proud of this cut too because the whites came in and sang and the voices I asked them to do on their reminiscent of old 40s swing Jeannie Seeley, an American classic on Curb Records. Available now wherever music is bought or sold and at JeannieSeeley.com. So I love that cut too. One of the things we've probably taken for granted is good old-fashioned communication. There's no one way to reach people. So we here at Main Street are communicating through every means possible to make the messages of our hometown accessible. So whether it's a Facebook video, online news, our traditional newspapers available in newsstands or for an unbelievably affordable subscription price or here in our podcast, something we like to call Radio On Demand. You can follow us, you can subscribe, you can even clip an article and send it to someone in the mail. We are your hometown. We are your Main Street. And don't Forget to share.